mysteries, mysteries. Mysteries Inc. Mysteries Inc. Mysteries Inc. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Mysteries Inc. I'm Spring. I'm Joe. And we are here to give you some more stories about history, mystery, conspiracies, and creatures. Yes, we are. Even though I don't think we do too many conspiracies. We might have to increase that part. Otherwise, we're going to have to like put it towards the end. Right. I've, I've had a few. <laughs> a few. Some but like alien ones. There's been the a Nazis, lot of creatures, Nazi a lot UFOs. of history. I really <laughs> lean on the creatures a lot. <laughs> And I just... I love cryptids. They're just so much fun. <laughs> I'm actually as like talking about tattoos with Rachel. Like I need some cryptid tattoos. <laughs> Definitely getting the Mushu Pishu. Yeah. Maybe the uh, Nuckalevi. The Nuckalevi. Yeah. yeah the, the weird half man, half horse, and not a not a centaur. <laughs> I think you should get um. What was those long legged ghosty ones? Uh, the Fresno Nightcrawler. Yes, the Nightcrawler. Mm, I do would like be them. Cute. That would have to be very uh, cartoony. Even, yeah, but it'd be a, like really good family kind of <laughs> tattoo where everyone gets get their own Fresno Nightcrawler on them. That'd be so cute. That would be fun. <laughs> Dear Lord, we need an affiliate with them. <laughs> but today, I I don't have a creature, so that's that's fine. Well, good, and and depending on how this rock paper scissors go, we might hear about it really soon. Right, I, I went with a, a history, so and Ooh. it's it's quite the, the history. So all right, as you all know, uh, if you've listened to us before, we start out uh, with rock paper scissors to see who's going to go first. I'm so. gonna win, just like I did all last right. time. Ready? Rock, rock paper, paper scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Oh, damn it. damn it. Scissors does not win against rock. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> All so, right, then what's your history today? Today we're going to learn about Victor Lustig. Uh, he is the man who sold the Eiffel Tower twice. Oh, I didn't know his name, but I have heard of this story. It's a good one. I bet you haven't heard, like, so I'm going to go into, like, a little bit of his life, too. He's got not a long just, history, just yeah. Because he is a very interesting guy, like... Someone that you'd think they'd make a movie out of, which I looked it up. There's a movie in pre-production right now. <laughs> so I'm excited to see that. Because he is like, everything is just, it sounds like it's made up. Or yeah, just like, yeah. it's too good to be true. Is Scorsese doing it with Leonardo DiCaprio? Because it I feels like <laughs> like that would be right up their alley. He was already, <laughs> DiCaprio was already like the, the uh, Frank. Catch whatever. me if you can. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. No, Frank Abernale or whatever. He also was an av. Uh, aviator like he's kind of into the whole eccentric old timey kind of a thing yeah he could probably play this one i although actually yeah, let's give somebody a else a turn enough. anyways <laughs> so this infamous swindler was once said to be as elusive as a puff of cigarette smoke by u.s federal agents he was just he was nuts all right so he was he was born january 4th 1890 in the town of hostene in the in an austro-hungarian province that was known as bohemia it's modern day Czech Bohemians. Republic. Bohemians, no, right? I'm kidding. No, well, I'm kidding. <laughs> he, he was bohemian, very bohemian in the sense that he was very uh, eclectic, or very, very non traditional. He was a, he was, he was a wild one. <laughs> I just don't know why I had to say it like that. But anyways, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> anyways, so this would be in modern day Czech Republic. 
Specific origins are, are pretty unclear, and this is pretty much because he's the only source, and he's a notorious liar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... He's been Count Victor Lustig, born to Austro-Hungarian aristocrats. He's mm. been uh, the son of the mayor of Hastane. Well, of course. He was also born into abject poverty. So oh. just never, he was a never very really bad known. count. <laughs> right. Naturally, he had uh, a lot of different names. More than 40 known aliases. <laughs> Although he probably had a couple dead bodies, too, somewhere. Probably. Uh, well, I don't know. There's not a lot to... To show that he was a violent criminal. Just, he just enjoyed lying and trying to, like, get one over on everyone. Yeah, he was just the, the ultimate scammer. Uh, Lonely man. So he wound up in Paris, around, you know, in his, in his late teens. 19 is kind of when he was in school. And he became far more interested in gambling and women than his studies. Understandable. Uh, he was a well-known card hustler who could was said that he could do anything with a deck of cards short of making it sing. Uh, wow <laughs> and for the ladies he had a reputation for sleeping with other men's girlfriends because well, he lied all the time <laughs> he uh in fact he, he and this shows that he wasn't really the violent type because he was attacked by one of these men and it left him with a scar along the left side of his face that he would wear for the rest of his life like i said leonardo dicaprio right i know you playing this role <laughs> when i was picturing it i was thinking he could pull this off um so he was just he was a very incredibly intelligent, clever young man. He spoke multiple languages and just really could think on his feet. And all this would help him find fertile new grounds for his next scams. Yeah. He took to the sea. <laughs> and actually, International oh, waters. Man, this, this really does play back into the Leo <laughs> thing because this was about the time of the Titanic. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> and um, he was a card hustler. So. <laughs> Shit. But he began going back and forth across the Atlantic between Paris and New York uh, on cruise ships where he would scam rich travelers. And okay. uh, th- this is where he would often employ the Count character. And, uh, and, like, fancy clothes and confidence can take you pretty far. Well, fuck yeah, it can. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Um, That's what you gotta do if you have a fake ID also. Fake it till you make right, it. Right. <laughs> confidence. <laughs> One great scam he had uh, was that he would convince his marks that he was a Broadway producer in search of investors for phony uh, plays, or phony, you know, uh, productions, and then just make off with the funds. And I have to wonder if this is where Mel Brooks got the idea was, for the yes! producers. <laughs> I'm like thinking like there's so many of these little aspects of it where like they've already been making movies about him. Like right? they've already been working on him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, World War One kind of put a damper on the cruise ship party. Yeah. Uh, he just because you know a lot of people just stopped. It was well, dangerous. You know, it was dangerous with the U.S. and, and shit. <laughs> So he decided to set up in America, and he really liked Kansas. There's multiple times where he goes back to Kansas. I don't know why. They got excellent brickwork there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he began to make a name for himself among the the American law enforcement force uh, enforcement agencies. He was had scammed a bank where he like yeah. he basically got them to uh, to front him some cash for some bonds that he had and he had the bonds and the cash at the same time and just disappeared no well of course well uh, i was gonna say well, i'd gone down to wichita and um i love when I, my little bowling groups we'd take city tours and in wichita there was actually like two sides of the river one side was like lawless horrors you know there was like cops and like all the the vagrants were on one side of the river 
And then, like, all the proper people were on the other side of the river. So, like, that would be something that would draw someone that, you know, is kind of a scamp and would need to find some help. And then also, on the other end, wanting to rub elbows with the upper class. Makes sense. So, apparently, he teamed up with a lion tamer. A lion know, tamer. I don't know where he met him, why it had to be a lion tamer, or an ex-lion tamer, I should oh, say. Oh, okay, good. At least he was former in the job, you know? <laughs> I think it's just uh, he spent enough time around the circus, learned how to scam <laughs> something. I don't know. But apparently the two of them would run this Romanian... Or maybe that was a lie, too. It was like, yeah, yeah, back in the day I was a lion tamer. I'm really good with beasts. It's like, that's a, a fucking thing. cat. Nothing, nothing <laughs> is, is really... Um, confirmable <laughs> in a lot of this so uh they used to run this this scam known as the romanian box scam uh and essentially it was like this little box fancy looking box that he and his partner would talk up and claim that it could duplicate any currency you put in <laughs> and so the catch was that it took about six hours to duplicate the bill. <laughs> And he would tell you... Whoever the fuck would give him money for that deserved to lose their money. They deserve it. It gets fun. So he would tell them to put a specific bill in there, which should be... (laughs) That's the first red flag. It should be like, any bill you put in. So it should be like, well, no, I'm going to put a 50 there instead. And uh, so he would ask them to put a particular bill in, wait six hours, and then a bill would come out. Which he had already put in there. <laughs> and then they'd like take it to the bank, authenticate it, be like, see, this is foolproof. Oh, so uh, he would like, he would hustle by doing that already? Yeah. Okay. And then he would convince the mark to like, he'd just be like, ah, maybe I don't really want to sell it now. And get them to like, just jack up the price until they finally bought it. And while they were waiting the six hours, <laughs> uh, he, was he would gone. disappear. And uh, so apparently he did this to a, a Texas sheriff. Who then followed him and found him all the way to Chicago. And Sorry. he convinced... I just think of Chief Quimby just going right. like, yeah, so, I got a box right. over here. And he caught him. And then he convinced the sheriff that he was just using it wrong. <laughs> and he's like, look, look, here, I'll pay you even more than you paid for it. Give me a bag. <laughs> and he paid him in counterfeit bills. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, folks. Just let him go. (laughs) (laughs) I got money. (laughs) So now for the the Eiffel Tower. So in 1925, Lustig was living in Paris when he read an article in the paper discussing issues with the maintenance and everything with the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And people were like... the. There were people were kind of, there was a discussion about maybe we should take it down. Yeah, and so I he, he thought that. to kind of capitalize on this. And uh, the monument had been in a, a great state of neglect, and so everyone kind of knew this, and it was just, he was playing on the general feeling. Well, yeah, people were buying bridges, I think, from, like, importing bridges from other countries. Like, I think the original london bridge is inside of fucking arizona or something like really? that oh i didn't know that that's neat yeah like some obviously some rich person with lots of land and time and money decided to just invest in it you know like hmm. yeah there's a lot of architecture that comes over from europe because you know the vanderbilts or the you know weird huh i'll yeah. have to look into that one so to to do this he obtained a, a forged government stationery and he contacted a a group <laughs> of scrap dealers scrap metal dealers he invited them all to this fancy hotel 
for a meeting in which he identified himself as the Deputy General of the Ministry of Posts and Telegraphs. <laughs> Why that would be the person selling, uh, like, in charge of the Eiffel Tower, I don't know, but... Why do you need so many fucking parts to your title? Like, the Deputy General of Association of... <laughs> <laughs> French? I don't know. <laughs> there was a French pronunciation of it, and I'm like, uh... Like, if I, I mean, say uh, enough titles, they'll believe it's gotta be real. You know? <laughs> I was even gonna try so he convinced all these guys that the French government decided to take the Eiffel Tower down and sell it for scrap because, you know, it was yeah. t- costing too much. And this all had to be hush-hush due to the, the expected controversy. He had, to, like, he had to do it quick. And so that's why everyone had to swear to secrecy. And so Lustig told the men that he was the one in charge of who would get this juicy contract. Uh, he charmed the whole group, telling them how they were chosen for being such honest businessmen uh, yeah. And he totally sold them on all this. He was just, he was charming. Total sweet talker. Uh, and the whole time he's looking for that weakest mark. Just that one rube. Yeah. And uh, he found this in Andre Poisson. Uh, he was an insecure man who desperately wanted, like, recognition in the business world. Ooh. And so he arranged, arranged a private meeting with Andre in which he complained about his low government salary and convinced him to bribe him for the contract. Oh, no. <laughs> like, well, I could be persuaded. To, right. Uh... And so this guy, thinking he's got this and he's going to become, like, a titan of industry, he agreed to it. Uh, and so he ended up sell- essentially selling him the Eiffel Tower in scrap. And he paid this guy <laughs> a uh, 70,000 franc bribe. Franc, franc, whatever. $70,000. 70,000 francs. And that doesn't include and what in he 1925 got on top of it. or whatever. That's a lot of fucking money. Damn straight. Right, and that's not that's just to like, yep, okay, you got this this contract. And so then he fled to Austria. <laughs> <laughs> and there he watched the Paris newspapers waiting for like news to break of this scandal. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. So he assumed Andre was too embarrassed to report him, and he uh Went back and decided yeah. to, 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 he was emboldened and decided again. to try this again. And that's hilarious because travel back then is not like you hop on a flight and same day you arrive inside of, you know, Kansas or whatever. He literally rode in a steamer over to Austria. Then like, well, fucking, no, he was in Paris when he Paris. did this. And so he oh, probably took a train. okay, okay, okay. Never mind. I thought he was in America when he did. Sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh... He he went back and tried to pull this again. And he got pretty far in his scam, but apparently someone was tipped off. Oh. And he... I, I, <laughs> actually, what I found was a little vague. It said, they were I've keeping seen it, it a secret. Is I've what seen that he happened. sold it twice, but it said... That said, but the authorities were tipped off. So I don't know if he got the money or not. But yeah. either way, he fled to America. Now uh, And this time America. he got on a steamer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, well, in the U.S., he... Continued his scammy ways. He apparently yeah. scammed Al Capone. No way. And got away with it. How? Because, so he like, he made it look like there was room to, or like the possibility to scam him out of like fifteen or $20,000. Okay. And then brought the money back and was like, and he like, he showed himself an honest man, despite it being a ploy the entire time. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, but I'm just so down on my luck and have no way of making many money. And... Capone gave him five grand. <laughs> there you go. You're an so honest guy. He was, he was ballsy. Uh, Damn. He began a very successful counterfeiting operation. And of course. Over the course of five years, he pumped like thousands, thousands of dollars a month 
into the U.S. money supply. Fuck yeah! And because of this, he started to uh, attract the attention of law enforcement. But they were still... He was just elusive. They couldn't get him. He was eventually done in by his mistress, though. Oh, bitches. She learned... <laughs> and I didn't ever... I never even heard about a wife, so the mistress yeah, was mistress, surprising. what? <laughs> um, and so, apparently, she was mad because he was stepping out with a another mistress God, a younger one thought a con man would be cheater and, uh, too right and uh <laughs> she called the authorities on him and turned him in. <laughs> so on uh may 10th 1935 he was arrested in new york he had a key on him that opened a uh, locker in times square containing fifty one thousand dollars in counterfeit bills and the plates to print them <laughs> <laughs> So, in the cookie jar. <laughs> but it gets better. The Whoa. day before his trial, he managed to escape from the Federal House of Detention in New York by faking an illness and climbing out a window with a, <laughs> with a homemade rope. <laughs> Once again, Leonardo DiCaprio. I can see him doing all of this. This is just so crazy. He was ca- recaptured 27 days later in Pittsburgh. Yeah. He pled guilty, was given 15 years, plus five more for the escape. And then on March 9th of 1947, he caught pneumonia and died two days later. Oh, damn. Yeah. So he had what he called his Ten Commandments for con men. Ooh. And so I'm just going to share these with you. These are fun. Be a patient listener. It is this, not fast talking, that gets a con man his coups. That's right. Never look bored. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, well, you always want to... You don't want the person to, like... Lo- but don't be yeah. too excited where you come off looking like a cringy, like, golden retriever, you know? Well, like, <laughs> people love to talk, and yeah. that's why... Be patient and listen, and never Just look bored. smile and... Yeah. Uh, wait for the other person to reveal any political opinions, and Ooh. then agree with them. Oh, yes, because they love being reaffirmed that they're right. Mm-hmm. Right, all of this is just about buttering people up, really. I like it. Uh, let the per- other person reveal religious views, then have the same ones. Yes. You like Jesus? I like Jesus, too! I'd be a terrible con. <laughs> con- or I would be conned, because... <laughs> So, uh, so far, I'm checking off all the boxes. Okay, what's the next one? <laughs> Hint at sex talk, but don't follow it up unless the other person shows a strong interest. Okay. All right, uh, all right. Flirting. Never discuss illness unless some special concern is shown. Never pry into a person's personal circumstances. They'll tell you all eventually. Yes. Never boast. Just let your importance be quietly nice. obvious. Uh, with, like, with your fancy clothes. Never be untidy and never get drunk. Oh, well, the last... Huh. All right. Untidy <laughs> and drunk. Does that mean just when you're around them? Or, like, I guess I can, I can pull it off. But, like... <laughs> uh, don't, be, don't be sloppy. <laughs> just don't be sloppy. Because <laughs> I'm sure... I mean, Jesus this is like the well, 30s and stuff. Well, because if you're drunk, then you're drinking. spilling your, you know... Yeah. You can drink a little bit, but drink, don't get but to the point where drunk. you're, like, telling them, like, hey, hey, I got this locker <laughs> down at the train station. <laughs> Tons of shit. They think they're buying the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Dumbass. Right. <laughs> Bragging about his shit. I knew a guy once <laughs> named Count Victor. <laughs> not me. Not me. Not me. Not me. Not me. Not me. Wait, what about that picture on your wall where you were wearing the Count's <laughs> Yeah, but He you... let me wear it once. You have a thing for a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know what? Though, like... 
Let him have his fun. Let him do what he's got to do, right? It sounds like other than distorting the money supply and screwing over Rubes, he's not that bad. And, you, yeah. and maybe the cheating. That's the worst part. He just kept on <laughs> moving along, moving along. You know, there's, there, you know, P.T. Barnum once said, a sucker is born every minute. And he, like, fully exemplified that. He just took advantage. Because, like I said, if you were dumb enough to believe a box... <laughs> your fucking, I don't care what the fuck you do. Six hours? I'm sitting there like a little kid in front of the fucking microwave waiting for the popcorn to be done. I am watching that box for six hours. And I am like, I'm going to check it out the inside first. I'm putting my money in. And then it's, I'm watching it. You know? I would just like, be like, you wanted a $100 bill? Okay, I'm putting a $50 bill in it. Yeah. Why did a $100 bill come out? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, sir, all I have is a five. I mean, it could have worked every time. Yeah, there's there's always ways. Oh my goodness, that was a good one. I like that. That was pretty good. All right. All right. What do you got for me, Spring? Oh, I titled this one "Pelopsy Challenge," kind of like Pup Pepsi Challenge, <laughs> and other dumb challenges. Okay. <laughs> okay. This week's story takes us back to ancient Greeks. Tantalus means lurching or most wretched that's this person's name okay that surprised me (laughs) because it sounds like tantalizing which is not those things tantalus (laughs) no um he is the king of sipilos and the father of three kids uh pelops niobe and brotes uh he's also (laughs) but like tea as in like got your pinky up and drinking Uh, at tea time okay so teas for bros (laughs) yes Um, Tantalus was also the son of Zeus and very liked by the gods and invited to feasts. Who wasn't the son of Zeus? Well, <laughs> but they you had to be liked also, you know, because that wasn't always a thing. So, one day, um, he was always invited to the feast until one day he decided he wanted to play a trick on the gods. He killed his son Pelops and served him to the gods at the feast that he was hosting that time. And um, he wanted to see if the gods could tell the difference between human flesh and animal flesh. Well, no one ate any of his food except for Demeter, who absentmindedly ate Pelop's shoulder. But, like, (laughs) that was not on purpose. And when he came back to life, because he was going to be able to be reborn or whatever, he was brought back to life, but he was missing that shoulder and he was replaced with an ivory one, which ivory is just bone. So it's just kind of like saying, like, she just defleshed it. Yeah. <laughs> just like a whole bunch of bone. Um, the gods were upset, and so they decided to send Tantalus to the worst place ever, Tartarus. So they were upset that someone bit his shoulder? They were upset that he tried to trick them by killing his kid. Mm. Because they were, I think they were just more upset he tried to, like, trick them. Trick them. Because, I yeah. mean, the gods were infallible, you know, as far as they were concerned. So, um... They decided to send him to Tartarus, and Tartarus, I don't know if you've heard, it's um, when Zeus and the gods, the main gods that you know of, when they fought against the Titans, they banished the Titans down to Tartarus, which is the oh, lowest okay. level of the underworld. Gotcha. Okay? And it's supposed to be the the worst. It's reserved for the worst of the worst. So, like, he, it's his one little guy down he there. killed like- his fucking son, brought his son back to life. But is now being down there. Like, no, there's a lot of Titans and they all get their own personal hell. I know, but the Titans are gigantic. So, well, like, yeah. <laughs> the Titanic. <laughs> gigantic. 
Well, this is what his punishment, though, is. He's just going to get stepped on. <laughs> well, as long as they stay in their areas, they should be fine. <laughs> his punishment is that he has to stand in water that goes up to his neck with the fruit tree hanging over him. And he can never drink any water because every time he bends his head to drink, the water recedes. And every time he goes to try to eat, the fruit vanishes. Ouch. But he also has a second little punishment that's tied to this where he is floating in the air. He's suspended in the air with a boulder hanging over his head that is constantly like creaking and like making noises if it's going to fall on him and crush him at any second. So he has the anxiety of knowing like at any moment this boulder could come down and just destroy. But you're already dead. You're in TARDIS. Right. Yeah. So that one I thought was interesting because it was like, wow, you like fucking served your kid because you thought it would be like a, bro, it's just a prank, bro, it's just a prank. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean it. See, he's back. You got you know, like, <laughs> it's not my fault to meet or eat his shoulder. <laughs> like, I didn't think you'd really do it. Because <laughs> like, imagine if they all ate it, his son would be all ivory. I mean, right. Well, <laughs> so if they, like, did no one ate it, did they know? I, I'm assuming so. Because so if they, they, they... But then Demeter was still stupid. They, no one stopped. <laughs> she was just like, oh, went over to the buffet table, just picked up a piece of meat. Like, Demeter! Oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, I don't know. If you're a god, are you really that concerned about eating people? <laughs> I think there was just more ego. They just don't want to be tricked. They're just pissed. Yeah. All right, so then this this is a two-parter. So this is the other dumb challenge. Is uh, Tagaro is a trickster god from Melanesia, or yeah, Melanesian mythology. He's known for having arguments with his brother Sus Matua, always known as Merga. Mer, there's no pronunciation of this online, and it's Muragubato. Murgabato. It looks like Megabato, but it's not. Megabato. <laughs> In one story, Tagaro created a bunch of edible fruits for humans while Murgabato made a bunch of useless ones. This made Tagaro pretty pissed off, so he devised a plan to kill his brother. Like, really? He just made useless food? Like, doesn't even produce seeds? I mean, that's what both of these are about, is it's just like, you you make someone kind of annoyed, and they they go scorched earth on you. Well, the next day he approached Murugabuto and tells him that he wants to become more powerful than he is today. But the only way to do that is for him to be inside of his house and for his brother to set the house on fire while he was in it. And once the, you know, once that all happened, he should come out of it stronger. Murgabuto is the evil brother and he hates uh, Tagaro completely. So he's like, fuck yeah, I'll set this on fire. Sets it on fire. Well, what he didn't know is that Tagaro had actually gone earlier and hidden, like had dug out a pit inside the home. So while the house is on fire, he hid in there. And when the ashes had like, when the fire was gone and the ashes were all there, he rose up from it. Well... Mur- uh, I have to look at it. Muraga. Mega butt. Murage M- 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 butto. No. <laughs> he, um, he saw his brother come up out of the thing and was like, fuck. He must be stronger because there's no way he came out of that fire alive. He should have died. Like, this is really, my turn. My turn. My turn. <laughs> so he then has inside of his house and has the Tagaro. Light it up. Light it up. Let's go. Well, he was not fireproof and he did not have a pit. So he died. 
<laughs> well, there was the pit still. He just didn't know it was there. No, this is his own house. Oh, his, his own, his yeah, his own oh, house. Yeah, done. yeah, yeah. No, so he just died, and that's the end of it. <laughs> well, that's fun. I like. Those that. are two dumb challenges. One is, it's can like, you tell if that's my son or not? <laughs> uh, right. The second one reminds me of like the you know when you trick someone by standing on a stand bit by and you're like see it's so shallow <laughs> and laugh and they're like whoa but that is a pretty impressive way because it's not like he like he had to battle him he didn't have to like go through the whole process of like killing his brother or possibly getting injured in return he was just like no nah, dude i'm gonna trick the shit out of him i'm gonna hide in a pit <laughs> come up like a phoenix in the ashes and then i'm gonna fucking set him on fire for making useless fruit <laughs> So cons all the way around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, see, I love how we don't even plan it out, but we end up with a common theme. <laughs> Sometimes it just works out that way. Well, thank you guys for listening. That was pretty fun. Well, thank you. See you next week. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Want to help us get into more ears? Help us grow by following, rating, and reviewing wherever you're listening. This is especially helpful in iTunes, so pop over and give us a rating if you can. You can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Feel free to leave any questions or comments.